Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veteran uh, analysts and portfolio managers that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices, gone underground. Whatever it takes. So that we can bring you our unfiltered, candid views. Unvarnished as well, Vern. And unvarnished as well, (laughs) views on stocks. Uh, Every week we get together and uh, look for uh, ideas in that week's Value Line Investment Survey this this week's issue is the issue of July 4th. Happy birthday, America. 2008. How about that? A patriotic issue. Uh, we want to remind everybody that this is for entertainment purposes only. And we may own all the stocks we talk about or have, a, or have other nasty conflicts of interest. Or know uh, nothing about and them. And we may know nothing about what we're talking. And, then, and that's going to that's gonna happen a lot, really. It happens There's a lot, a lot of stocks out there. Nobody can know much about all of them. That's proven to be true, hasn't it? <laughs> Uh, Experts don't seem to know. To learn what's more about us, on. please visit our website, www.thevalueguys.com. In the second half of the show, I'm going to come back with uh, some, uh, what I think are, uh, um, well, some consumer issues that uh, might bear up fairly well in a difficult environment uh, and, well, but, and uh, where I think Vern, financial leverage is created. What some, if, Vern? Yes, what if? There's. No economy. Then how well, would these stocks I, do? I, I don't think I'd want to own stocks. <laughs> okay. What would you want to own? Um, I'm just going to say an old professor of mine said, in those times you want beryllium, maybe. big dogs and guns. <laughs> what he said. <laughs> big dogs and guns. I don't guns. think we're there quite yet. I, I just wondered not. what you thought. Yeah. Um, in any event, I'll be back in the second half of the show with some uh, well-known brand name, consumer-oriented stocks that have been beaten down. In a, uh, what? It's a uh, home-building, um, well, it's consumer durable Stuff that doesn't seem to be doing well yeah, right, right the now. The whole issue. Yeah. There's very few stars on the value line. Uh, it's a value guy's cornucopia this week. So, um, you say? No. It, it, but uh, leading off this week's show, uh, I'll turn it over to uh, the Ringo of Equity Lingo. Values. We're going to have to put a stop to some of this at some point. There's only a few letters left. Thank you, uh, Vern. Uh, value. You think, anyway. And uh, this is a patriotic show today. I want to say that uh, Val and Vern here are going to great lengths to bring the show. It's a patriotic effort because we both have wives and children crying about where are you during the parade. And I was hoping to record some of the uh, parade here, put it on the show. I may do that, but... Uh, in any case, we are still chock full well, of ideas. If, even if we don't, it'll be good to know that we wanted to. Yeah, we wanted to. It's <laughs> the thought a little bit. Um, so anyway, uh, there's a lot of great ideas. Happy birthday, America. And so here's a birthday present to you. Three great value stocks this week. And we have to say more than usual, we really don't know uh, when things might get better, if they ever will. Um, but there's a couple of things that you can sort of anchor on during times like this, at least I do, and that's things like population. So if you step back from, you know, the chaos, uh, there's a bunch of people in the world, and they all want uh, a place to live and food, and uh, they're willing to do work to get it. So, you know, I don't know if we have to end up in a barter economy to get the bankers out of the way so people can get back to work. But somewhere out there, you have uh, wealth growing in the world. Uh, great editorial the other day in the journal about, you know, I don't know what all the panic is. We're living in the richest country in the history of the world. 
uh, more per capita wealth than any time in history other than maybe last quarter, you know. Uh, so times are actually pretty good. And we have a lot of media trying to scare the crap out of everyone, and it seems well, to be working. working. It is working. Good it's grief. like, Look at you know, you can't yell fire index. in a theater. And um, what we have to do is uh, kind of focus on the numbers a little bit. <clears throat> Low interest rates, I think, offer entrepreneurs and innovators a chance to get cheap capital at a time of panic and bring us the next great idea. And maybe that next great idea is in energy. Certainly we need some help there. Uh, health care. Uh, but this process has been going on for years, and I'm just picturing the, uh, uh, you know, the horse and buggy salesman in 1905 going, uh, I guess the world's ending, you know, I don't know, my uh, horse sales are going down. So um, these are the times that uh, you can dip in here and buy some good, solid businesses at good prices. We got a couple of those this week. First up, uh, Semex. Ticker CX. How's that for a transition? <laughs> After that, well, I could go on and on. I could go on and on. Well, listen, company based in there's Mexico. an election coming up, yeah. and here's what I think: we've got too many lawyers making decisions and not enough econ majors. So, if you're an econ major right now, uh, and you maybe thought about you know going into the military, but decided that's too dangerous, take a different sort of hit. Go into government. All the econ majors need to get in there, show everyone an econ book, and uh, stop trying to take more and more of a piece of the economy. We've got the least you know, productive sector of the economy taking a bigger and bigger piece of the scarce resources of the economy, and that's a cancer. So just in terms of government spending as a percent of GDP, that number needs to go down. Let innovators and inventors figure out where to put the capital. Uh, that's what's been working. And frankly, that's why people left England to come over here, was to avoid the grip of the government that, uh, you know, this taxation And it's part of is, what's always made us different. Yeah, it is. And right now you've got some of the candidates talking about tax rates you haven't seen in 20 years. And if you go back 20 years ago, uh, that was exactly the time the economy started to grow a lot. So I wish someone would just connect the dots. A lot of the fear on Wall Street right now is the fear of a heavy tax a period coming up, and so uh, large you, decisions are being made on the basis of this as well. Yeah, that are distorting what's happening. So this is not an editorial show. I hope this is entertaining. This little rant here, but uh, you know we I, need. I to, was mildly entertained. We need to stop the tax. I need a rhyme. Like stop the tax <laughs> and what? Um, I don't know. Right in with that. Anyway, yeah. let's get we back need, to some ideas. Some Why are people listening? They're probably not at this point, let's face it. <laughs> Semex, ticker CX, page 850, okay, in this oh, week's value line. Numbers. Yeah, you don't do that. Uh, my theme on Semex this week is you've got someone here that's got base demand for something that's going to go on no matter what. People need shelter, okay? That's my theme. Semex is the world's largest cement guy, okay? Uh, now, they are a Mexican company, but 18% of their business is Mexico, 21% U.S., 9% Spain, 9% U.K., rest of Europe, or uh, ROE, as we're going to refer to that, uh, 19%. <laughs> rest of And then Europe. South America, Central, 8%, Asia, 4%. So Asia is a huge, oppor huge opportunity. The most efficient building material... The rest of Europe is not a huge opportunity? For growth? Yes. Everyone's already rich there and happy and oh, lazy, right. let's face it, not to point fingers. <laughs> In Asia, these people are working their ass off, 
and uh, they're only 4%. So as people want shelter, you still have a billion people that want a nicer house. That's going to drive demand for what? Cement. Why? It's the most efficient building material, cost per strength, those kinds of statistics. And I don't have a calculator here. Uh, the stock is four and a half times you gross. You get one of those. They're Why? Handy. Why? They're useful. And I have time to push a calculator button. I'd rather take a sip of this beverage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Please mm. do. Here, I can carry the show while you're <laughs> no, out. I'm, I'm done doing that. Oh, you're that. back. Okay. Yeah. Good. Okay. Come on. Cash flow per share. Focus. Okay. <laughs> stock ideas. All right. Yeah. Um, $5 a share in cash flow. Stock at 23. That's like four and a half times. CapEx, 2 bucks a share. I still have 320 in cash flow, stock at 23. That's eight times. Now, there uh, is a 3.5% yield, but there's a little quirk on this one, and that is that they pay the dividend in stock. So when you look at the share count, it keeps going up. And for a guy who might own a share, that destroys value slowly. But it's just destroying it at the rate of the dividend you're not getting, but you're getting more shares, if that makes any sense. And they do it because of the tax laws in terms of bringing dollars from Mexico, Mexican company, into the U.S. I talked to them about it. It all makes sense. Uh, and so it's a fair number to still look at. Um, operating margins of 20%, that means something's going on <clears throat> in terms of oligopoly, mo- monopoly type of uh, environment. The return on capital is low, um, you know, 8 9%, which isn't terrible. But um, I think, you know, you may just have some excess capacity as they've been expanding in part through acquisition. Um, there is a specific Mexican policy right now. They're in a low-interest you know, low interest rate world, growing wealth, that's driving a lot of housing demand just like it did for us over the last five years until last year, and that's driving a lot of local demand. The stock's down because of a lot of U.S. investors who are looking at the U.S. Of course, Europe's probably heading down as well, but it's a great time to buy these guys, in my opinion. You've got a core demand of people needing shelter. I don't want to get into all the details because, in part, I don't know them, but let's see what's going on here. Uh, Value Line says cement volume in the U.S. will continue to taper off. You know, I'm just going to guess that's in the stock. What do you think, Vern? <laughs> it's probably people know that. Um, oh, they go on to say there's no doubt it will take a toll on their bottom line. Hmm. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Revenue uh, down. Yeah. Now. Probably. Yeah. The formal. Uh, I'm sorry. Formal residential construction industry continues to drive cement demand. Well, you know, I'm going to take issue with that. I was looking at some data the other day on residential versus commercial demand for cement. That's just kind of what I do for a hobby sometimes during the week. And uh, it looks like commercial remains very strong. Now, they might be seeing a downturn, you know, going forward. But in terms of infrastructure build worldwide, wealth is growing. Asia, India, you know, not to beat a dead horse there. But those economies and the number of people wanting bigger homes and cars and roads and schools is just going to drive world demand for a long time. Semex, CX, page 850. Well, a simple way to put the argument might be that we spend less on infrastructure here than anybody else in the developed or developing world right, we've as got, a percentage of GDP. And right. there seems to be a Thank dawning you. recognition that something has to be done about it. And that would suggest that the market... <clears throat> In, in North America, it could grow faster than global if it, you get a change in administration and they decide to use uh, infrastructure investment as a uh, 
you know, is something to splash. Well, but even with that, you have just people in the rest of the world we don't think about. For them, having a nice, affordable house with 2,000 square feet is all they can dream about. I mean, we just have that and are wondering when do we get to go to, you know, Disney World or something. We live in such a place that no one else does that we can't imagine that there's a billion people in India and China that would like a house that doesn't leak or... Uh, you know, where their kids are safe, et cetera. So that's coming, and that's really the core of my uh, argument for sort of a 20-year <clears throat> type of look. Okay. So All right, how much time up. am I? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Wausau paper, WPP, page 911. What do I like I about... I looked at that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, paper's kind of based, too, in the sense that this paperless economy is using more paper than ever before because all the new equipment can print pieces of paper so much faster than the old equipment. Um I'm dr- Although newsprint appears to be going down fairly rapidly. Yeah, well, fortunately, they're not involved they're in not. that. They're not? Okay. No, they make higher-level por- paper for communication. Um, I've actually known this company for 20, 25 years, and they've grown through a series of acquisitions. And the key metric for a paper company like this is price per ton of paper. Where's and- Wausau? Is like Oregon or someplace like that? or? Uh, Wausau, let's see, in terms of the address? Yeah, where's the, where's uh, the asset base? It's in uh, Mosinee, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay, so it's up there in uh, a land of a lot of paper, a lot of trees. And uh, But that's not the whole story. They've made a lot of acquisitions. Rhinelander they own, um, and I think they've tucked in a couple of other small acquisitions over time. But the story here is that at a high level... A communication uh, between businesses and people requires a nice piece of paper. So it's just cultural. That's been going on for a long time, well, really since they invented paper. And these guys are a player in that market. The stock's down a lot because, of course, uh, demand is falling, uh, and they've had, I think, a couple of acquisitions that have hurt their uh, returns on capital here, which are low. Uh, but my base argument is they're generating two dollars a share in cash flow per share. Did I say that? Seven eighty-seven. Uh, that's four times. They put up a little capex, eighty cents a share. So I got a buck twenty and some kind of free. It's still four or five times that number, and that's pretty attractive. The demand for paper. Well, it sounds like the market doesn't believe that number. Um, yeah, it may very well be. Raw material prices for converting this type of paper are off up a lot, but the price people pay for this paper relative to their own revenue is low, and so price increases for th- at this level are pretty easy to get historically, um, and they're already at a very high conversion value per ton relative to any sort of commodity paper. Now the returns don't suggest that argument. Their returns have been low, but I think they've just been reluctant to write some things off. Operating margin nine percent. So this. It almost looks like commodity sorts of data when you look at that. So, um, you know, there is that to be concerned. They may, maybe they actually have the last bit of capacity as the market moves down, and that might be harmful to them. But Value Line already is dialing in a decline in earnings per share, and the stock is down from uh, 15, or I'm sorry, 19 to, to 780. It looks supported on cash flow. Um, Value Line has an earnings growth estimate here of 30%, but I think that's just coming off a low. It's not a bad estimate, really, if you think we're in some type of trough. Uh, earnings comparisons are going to be down, but everybody knows that. And it's really just primarily a valuation argument. Four or five times cash flow, 4% yield, which looks safe. They're seven times covered on that. Um, 
and it's an old name with the best brands at the high end of the paper industry. So what am I going to tell you? Do a lot more work. They own paper. They own some timberland. They've been selling a little bit of that, and that's smart because we're up until you know recently we're seeing peak prices on stands of timber. So they're selling with the smart money there, and I just like it. It's an old name at five times cash flow. Wausau paper, page nine eleven. And so finally, uh, how much time do I have? How am I doing? Am I okay? Well, okay. The, you know, it, it's tight. Listen, it's the there was a lot of extra commentary at the. I don't know why I'm just going on about these, but I guess it's the passion. No, it's the I, passion I, about them, Vern. You're, you're spending an appropriate am amount I? of time on each. You idea. know, I don't know much about them, so I'm kind of learning with the listener right now. <laughs> uh, finally, Blythe Inc. Page nine thirty. Candle Company. Well, it could be. Why? What's it to you? No, we've actually we've looked at this in the shop. And you know, here's what I'm drawn to okay. at the big picture. Yeah. Uh, Value Line's forecasting cash flow per share of 220. The stock's at 13. So if you're a value buyer, you're, you're drawn to that at six times. And then I look at the CapEx number. Well, because it is candles, there's not a lot of new technology coming in. There is, actually. Yeah, or is it what? Oh, what, there's all kinds aroma? of high-end. High-end wax and paraffin. Electric candles. Available in uh, very kind, you know, a lot of very interesting uh, configurations. I think that are well. I hope they are not doing starting that. to take share in the candle market. I hope they don't do that because they don't do that. I don't believe. I think they just do an extensive line of candles in home decor, and I believe they are suppliers to a lot of the top names in the candle industry <laughs> that you'd think to go buy higher-end candles. I have no idea where to go buy higher-end candles. Well, department stores, for example. Oh, okay. Yeah, or uh, Yankee Candle, you know, who's uh, obviously got stores, and they have their own candles. Uh, these guys uh, supply the competitors to Yankee Candle. So if you want a great candle, you can go to Yankee Candle, and that I wouldn't... Th- I thought I assumed that the, um, you know, that the local New England, uh, you know, gift shop industry for, you know, tourist industry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. probably bought from local producers. Yeah, no, no. The, the, I believe that Blythe is actually the largest producer of candles. They're doing a billion dollars in sales. So they've got economies of scale. Of wax. And they, uh, you know, they're, they're innovating, uh, I guess, the the And so the, the stock's down a lot. They're never going to go out of business, the so buy it now no, for the rebound. Le- no, no, no. That's not uh, my that's story. Not Here's it. my okay. story. What's your story? Uh, my theme is cheap decor and cheap uh, aromas. Okay, is that is that a stretch? Here's my deal. Back in Roman times, you may have heard frankincense and myrrh. This was the industry that spawned uh, really the trade routes between China and Rome, and so they're like created Mohammed. a ton of wealth. No, here's my thing. Culturally speaking, it's part of who we are. Aroma, fragrance, is that the same word? Uh, candles, you know, this incense. is just... Incense. Incense and peppermint and all that. It's just part of who we are. And who knows, maybe that's to cover the just bad smell of all of us as humans. I don't know. Well, that's always what But it it's been for. going on for thousands of years. These guys have a well-placed position in the industry. And because of the fear of a decline of the consumer products industry... Uh, this thing has gone to nine times earnings. Uh, they're putting well, what up. What could be more discretionary about consumer spending? It, 
or within consumer spending than a candle. It seems discretionary, my friend. Right. It seems discretionary. And you're saying it's. I'm saying a history suggests to the movies. No. 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 I'm not at all no, saying that. No. The movies have more competition than Blythe has for your time. Well, I mean, people stay home, and instead no, they buy a candle. I'm just saying it's cultural. Sit it's around. part of who we are. It's a base need on Maslow's charts of needs. <laughs> smell. <laughs> to no. have a candle. <laughs> to have an aroma. To have an aroma nearby. Count the number of senses you have, okay? But there I, are five. If I, have two meal, if I can a, manage two listen, meals a day, I get aroma smell, that way. Can you listen up? I am listening. 20% of your senses are smell. And I'm telling you, 20%. Blythe... Is that an average? Yeah. No, could it's one out of five. It average? could certainly be How below. It, it could be below. I'm going to go with you there, okay? <laughs> but they're, uh, they've got a major share in an important sense, smell. <laughs> That's my main theme. And they're showing really strong returns on capital. Against the perfume ind- global no, perfume no, industry? No, what? Wait, people are lighting candles more than they're spraying perfume. On their bodies? Uh, in the room. In the room. Fern, can you oh, follow sure. along? <laughs> Are you trying to be? What about what obstinate? about all of these what? plug-in air fresheners now? That they have their have place. Little fans There's to no blow question. the scent throughout they the home. They do have their place in your home. I'm not going to deny that. But let me. This company I, listen, is under competitive assault. Admit it. Listen. What I want to suggest to you, sir, if you look back here, is yes. that their sales. Wait a minute. They Everybody are going comes down. Home they are going to a down. Candle. No, it's oh, something are? like that. They had a divestiture a couple of years ago. Oh, uh, listen, do you just want oh, to take some the unwanted story? customers? Do you want to just take the story here? No, go ahead, uh, ladies and gentlemen. You should have to deal with this guy in a long car ride. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to tell you about Blythe right now. B T H. You may need to look it up yourself because obviously you're going to switch off this show. But oh, good, he's having a beverage. Look. 12, 13% returns on capital, 11% operating margins. Uh, that's not great, but it suggests that they're keeping people out of the business with good pricing, low CapEx. It's six times gross cash flow, eight times back? free. Listen, you get no more questions. I'm taking no more questions. It was a serious question. Yeah, well, then write it down and submit it like everyone else. Okay? Val at the com. That's how you reach that me. Way. And okay. some email I answer. Okay, I'm not sure about yours at this point. Uh, we've got, got uh, six times gross, eight times free. That's some kind of 13% return, cash on cash. And then I'm going to get, this isn't a big grower. It's more of a monopoly, oligopoly type of thing. But I've still got a 17 18% return, cash on cash, in a world where long-term treasuries are 4%. It's a big gap. Blythe, BTH, and Vern. Uh, there's, I just want to say there's other detail here on Blythe. You might want to look into that. Uh, Value Line says they're ranked below average for timeliness. Yeah. Uh, which, they, they're not big fans yeah. of declining. Well, sales. they don't like the chart. Yeah. Uh, but I do, Blythe, BTH. And now with a, with a very small <laughs> amount of ado this week. I don't, very, I'm surprised to be getting any ado. Well, we're at your cabin, and I'm drinking your, uh, beverage break. your uh, coffee. So that's why. But um, just a small amount of ado. Uh, this week, Vern value. Take it away, Vern. I, I think I have for my first two ideas um, a a big picture theme that uh, with the uh, near um, 
uh, panic among investors about highly leveraged situations. Mm-hmm. While you do that, I'm going to go get a bicycle horn and just start to blow it while you're talking. Okay? Do you mind? I'll be right back. <laughs> that um, consequently have seen risk premium skyrocket, equity values plummet. It's it's rational in a sense because it's a, a good reflection of investors' assessment of risk in the short well, term. Well, if you want to get my cash, you're going to have to pay. But pay I think in, in the right. meantime, it offers some very interesting uh, opportunities in what might be potentially more uh, stable businesses where there's less cyclical risk to sales and revenue. So if, I, if I've got sales, I can usually engineer my cost structure over a short period of time to ensure my liquidity. I think your point is, if the market wants to give away 20% returns in the discount rate, Let's take those returns. Let's take some. Yeah. Let's go gotcha. for it. Absolutely. So my first one uh, is the mo- is the biggest example of that that I had this week, and it's Scott's Miracle Grow. The symbol is SMG. This is on page nine forty five of Value Line. And uh, for those of you who page don't know Scott's Miracle Grow, they are the world's largest maker and marketer of turf and horticultural products, according to Value Line. With I think somewhere it says they do seventy five percent of their sales in uh, North America. I've talked about this one, Vern. They own Scott's. Uh, they own Ortho. They own Miracle Grow, three powerhouse, probably the powerhouse brands in uh, turf man- and, and really fauna and flora management around the home. Covering uh, old with turf. A, with a commercial piece of the business. And they bought Smith & Hawken in 2004, so they also have a small high-end business. The Hagedorn family founders own 35 6% of the... Um, company which is based in ohio and uh so the question here i guess is financial risk the stock recently trading under 20 Burns from just 40 at now. the beginning of the year north of 40 at the beginning of the year um north of 54 at some point each of the prior two years uh hasn't traded to this level on an absolute basis since 2002 and revenue right now is 2.8 billion last uh, in 2002, when it was at the same, you know, the same equity value, they had 1.8 billion of revenue. So the company a little bit larger today. Let's make sure we don't. Okay, I want to make sure you didn't touch any of the delicate controls. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and so, how how worried should I be about liquidity? Because value line rates at a four, but they've got total return or uh, yeah, annual total return expectations of 24 to 36 percent. Uh, but because of the 76% debt-to-cap ratio, uh, the, the stock is, in, in essence, on sale at less than one-half times annual revenue. Annual revenue, about $45 a share. Uh, it's less than seven times cash flow. If cash flow is going to be somewhere in a 275 to $3 range, Value Line's estimating 315 in 08. Um, let's assume that that's too optimistic by 10%, for example. Um, and uh, I would argue about 10 times a normal number of $2, and that's probably conservative. So looks very cheap statistically anyway. What's my risk of not being able to pay my interest? I have $85 million of long-term interest, according to Value Line, but I have more outstanding debt than that. So it looks to me like maybe $100 million of annual interest is probably a better estimate. And to get that, I need to, well, let's say, if sales collapsed back to the same level they were at, at the bottom of the last recession in Which 2001. Which they probably will. So they would go from $2.8 billion to 
Well, you talk about Although discretionary. They, that, none of that happened. I mean, the decline was less than 10% in 01. Is gardening something people feel Absolutely. strongly so about? We'll I think it is. Complete collapse, and instead of the 12.5% margin, we'll look for six, which would be two and a half points below the worst they did in 01. So we're going to fall back to that level of sales and have uh, margins that are only 70, 75% as high as what they were then. I can still pay my interest yeah, well, what's bill. going on with the uh, raw material cost for them? Well, I, a good That's question. That's the problem, because, I um, And they're levered at a time when they've ratcheted up their raw material I, I think there's probably some, uh, there's some chemical costs in the uh, miracle Grow and ortho business, but um, grass seed... I don't. Do I need a lot of energy? I think energy it's more chemical, grass? though. More chemical. More chemicals. Ortho. I guess. Yeah, fertilizer. I, you know, it's big, oil based. Big, big drop in the stock recently. Revision and full year guidance from uh, the two thirty seven range, if you will, to a two dollar to two twenty number. Uh, and with this, they had a slow start to the season. Im, uh, impact of economic slowdown on their lawn services and Smith and Hawkins businesses. Recalls of two product lines that accounted for a dime. So you go from 237 to 227 just on a recall. And then a spike in urea costs. So I guess processing urine. I don't want to talk about than, it, Vern. But I can't imagine the supply <laughs> is terribly constrained. Um, well, back with to your population stuff where they are, I mean, animal populations could be going down. So. Uh, investors are concerned about, oh, here it is. They're worried about urea in their fertilizer business, and they're worried about grain costs in the bird seed business. Scott's recently lost market share. Value Line seems to think they're going to get it back because they can spend more on advertising than their competitors. Uh, they have better than 50% share of the market, so it means that they definitely have a scale advantage. Well, long term, else. the demographics for gardening are great. It's named as the favorite hobby of retirees. The issue Absolutely. here is that the family... Uh, taking advantage of a very stable business. And the great thing about this relative value chart that Value Line provides is, in this case for Scott's, I mean, this has been a perfect definition of a market performer for the last 10 years. There have been a couple times previously when the stock has sold off after a period of strong performance, including the last year and a half, after which you got good returns as you went back to trend and a little above to compensate for blow. I think this is by, I mean, this is the most basic of basic businesses. If people are going to be nesting more instead of traveling more, yeah. this I is like something it. that might benefit. A guy's got to have something to do. If he can't afford to play golf, he's going to be working out You in need the yard. your little patch of grass in the back. That's right. Okay. So enough about Scott's. I'll, I'll cover these other two a little more quickly. The first one is Pactive. Symbol is PTV. I think this I is I did similar. this one last time. No, you didn't. Pactive? Or I don't did you? think so. I don't, I don't know. Look time, it up. Hefties and baggies. Yeah, this right. stock is down about 40%. Oh, from I think high. you did it then. It's down a third almost from 30% from earlier this year. I, I think maybe you did. Do no, it I think you I did think now that I'm thinking back on it. <laughs> this is a former uh, Tenneco packaging, which was originally Packaging Corp of America. Value Line also rates this one a four. They're also looking for 12 to 26% annual returns here, again, because the stock's fallen out this of bed. This can't be a good time for this one. Um, Scott's is at about four times enterprise value to EBITDA. That gives you an idea how severe the discount is. Well, people are going to start gardening again, but here. At Pactive, Pact it's about seven times. People are going to cut. This the is use plastic packaging. storage bags. No, no, they're going to they're going to be eating out less. They're going to be eating home more. They're going to be bringing their leftovers home more. They're going to need. They're going to be sending and they're lunch going to trade to, down to cheaper. They're going to send lunch bags. to work more often rather than eat out. They're going to need 
cheaper garbage baggies. bags. They're going to need from Walmart. Baggies. And there's hefties and um, private um, label. Is going to do they do any private label? They just bought something called Prairie Packaging that's in cups and cutlery. Um, again, this is a company with scale. They do uh, this is a three billion dollar plus business in a industry that I'll bet is. Uh, I mean, come on. Could do you the, think could the industry beat ten? Well, 12? let me ask you this, Vern. Do you think they're going to be able to battle the trend of people shifting to private label during um, difficult times when they have all yes, I premium do. brands? They'll oh, do you it do. with okay. product innovation. Oh, innovation. Everybody likes a little luxury in their life. A, um, a, a garbage bag with the right kind of handle ties. You know what I'd like? Be, <laughs> some different shape bags. little bit of luxury. This round, round, round. Right, don't, I'm be a more, a, don't be a snob. How about the ellipse? For some people. How about that as a shape? <laughs> Come on. There's a lot of pressure out there on the family budget. So, you know, you hate your colors. To... White, white, white. I'm tired of it. How about a blue garbage <laughs> the, the, bag the, or something? The balance sheet here is 55% debt to capital. The enterprise value but does seven times, okay, not as uh, severe as the Scott's, uh, Scott Miracle Grow situation. Company apparently results under some pressure, but operating margins have. Uh, are, are pretty stable apparently in the 1920 kind of range, and they've been a little behind on raising prices in response to oil prices. That's pretty and good margin. Effect on plastic That's product. They earn um, a double-digit return on capital and have for several years here now. Um, they um, there's no information about how international they are. I'm guessing not very. It says 45 facilities in the U.S. and Germany. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is. You know, Packaging Corp of America, mostly a U.S. business. Uh, probably explains why the stock's off so hard. But, again, seven times cash flow, ten times what looks like a more normal number at $22. It's less than one times revenue. Well, other nations still um, use, you know, a discount like because paper they bags have some to debt. throw trash but like we used to. This is a very, very stable, staple kind of a business. And uh, yeah, the last one and probably the most controversial of the three um, is Newell Rubbermaid. NWL. Oh, no, not that one. Yeah, down 50%. Uh, from its high at 32 last year, above 32 at under 18 recently, almost 50%. This is 11 times earnings, a 30% discount to the market with a crash in the stock price, yielding 4.7%. That's a big part of the appeal to me. I do have 46% debt to cap here, but um, uh, some of it in uh, in uh, some convertible preferred that aren't going to be uh, – converted for uh, any time soon because they converted $50 the stock recently under 18 um, this one is 10 times enterprise ID but da in part because of depressed returns return on capital expected to be around 10% this year and next by value line down from 14 15 the last two years as management's been uh, working to uh, to uh, prune the uh, product line and restore some innovation and growth to a uh, Darling stock of the late 90s, just based sure on rolling was. up office supplies. Well, they never missed a number. There was a 10-year period where uh, they made they every They said they'd deliver 12, yeah. 13, 14 and percent every did. quarter, and they just did. Um, but it uh, turned out, you know, that again they were selling pencils, and that eventually came home to roost if they didn't do anything with. Well, that they business. had advantages in distribution uh, that, that started to be with. used, yeah, used yeah, up, right, right. or um, used against them, if you will, by the WalMarts of the world. Well, um, now everything they make is out of plastic, probably. Now, a lot recently of they a they've made a couple big acquisitions, and that probably is why the stock's down because they've added a lot of debt to the balance sheet. They had uh, paid debt down from the two billion dollar level. Uh, approaching three in the wake of the Rubbermaid acquisition originally, gotten it down to $1.2 billion last year, and then earlier this year spent $650 million. 
to leverage is back. That is up, the way they grew pushing though, it back up to closer over to twenty two, years, right. and it just got harder to and do. They bought a couple very interesting businesses. They bought uh, something called Aprika, which is a uh, children product like stroller kind of business that's based in Japan. Uh, so a a one hundred percent takeover of a Japanese. Uh, iconic business had been very successful by a U.S. business. Very unusual. Uh, paid a specific premium for it, though, and they, I think the the thought the thought here is that you gain access to a uh, mature Chinese manufacturing base and the opportunity to sell into the Aprika's channels in Japan. Some of your other products maybe innovate a little bit on the back. Well, of it's the, the value of that brand of the, in I, the U.S. I, I, what's the brand they already own? Do you remember? In what? Uh, Newell Rubbermaid owns uh, a brand in Stroller, Graco. They already I did have not that know business. that. Yeah. Um, the other business they bought is something called Technical Products, uh, which is about 60% um, international. And uh, for the life of me, I... Oh, this is the uh, uh, washroom technology business, if you will, that includes a consumables piece. So... Uh, detergent dispensers in public washrooms, or I'll bet you I, they must have a Purell dispenser or something like it, and they also then service the equipment and provide a consumable business. So it would be an entirely new business model from Newell it's Rubbermaid. It's like Ecolabs uh, market And in a business a where they already have built a commercial business, particularly with a lot of custodial products, and they've been able to take share from a lot of metal-based products out there with uh, right. More durable, yeah. uh, especially in terms of that's been a good area for them. Good. I think. Right, so I, I think the, uh, the you know the the management that's in here now seems to have things kind of at least pointed in the right direction. They're making a bet here, okay? They're levering up a bit again, but in a business that was proven to be very stable um, in terms of being able to generate positive free cash flow, they haven't had a. I have to go back to 1994 to see a number on gross cash flow under $2 a share. But from they grew market. a lot of that by acquisition. They bought businesses oh, that weren't growing, and but they then, grew by acquiring the, more of them. The, the, the reason it's so cheap is because they haven't been able to grow. The top line topped out at about $7.5 billion in revenue in 2002, $6.4 billion last year. Remember I said they've been pruning. Yeah. But that positions them. This company could begin to grow again at some point. Eight times cash flow recently, probably the number, the number that is close to a normalized number based on their history. But if they can change that dynamic... This could be uh, this could be a big stock. The economy, I think, a real challenge. Uh, return on capital depressed. Now you understand in part because of the large acquisition they've done. They, they've proven an ability to improve returns under the current management team. We'll see what they can do with it. I like the consumables business. NWL is the symbol there. So favorite idea of the three. Mm, I'm probably going to go with um, I'm going to go with Scotts just because I think I can. Uh, I'm going to hmm. take more risk and go for a uh, for a bigger payoff. Um, probably the um, the safest of the three, I, I'd say probably Newell Rubbermaid. I'm going to do the same thing, Vern, is I'm going to choose my favorite is Blythe, BTH, because you got a lot of upside here in the valuation. Semex is probably the more secure name, but I think you've got a little bit of time on that one. So I'm going to pick Blythe, BTH, page 932. That's all I have, Vern. See you next week, everybody. Bye, everyone.